Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. For those of y'all who have been craving a smart funny in black shirt or sweatshirt, for those of y'all who have been loving the Amanda Seals old school 90s uh, tour shirts that I've been rocking, and for those of y'all who really miss that classic I'm not hostile, I'm just passionate shirt, well, the wait is over and we are back in the merch game. The Amanda Seals store is reopening just in time for Black History Month so you can get into the good Fits. All you got to do is go to amandaseals.com, tap the store tab, and get your cart filled up. We are bringing that back February 1st. So mark your calendar, get your little paycheck to the side. It's not a little paycheck. It's big. It's big. It's big. But it's only going to cost a little part of your paycheck because we're not trying to break your pockets. Then head on over to amandaseals.com, go to the store tab, and get to shopping. It's so funky. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the first small doses episode of 2021. As we enter year four of this podcast, I felt like we should talk about resetting because I mean, we've been doing a lot of resetting just as a world, but also I, as a creative, I'm always trying to think of ways in which I can continue to to keep things going and flowing, but also like fresh. And not just for me, but for, for y'all as well. So we definitely are going to be bringing in some new things this year, some new... Um, new flavors and new new segments, uh, new types of episodes, and continuing to grow small doses as a space for all of us to continue to grow. So I hope that you guys are, are open and receptive to that because it just continues to, you know, expand our minds. And, um, and so this episode, you know, it being the first one of the year, side effects of resetting, I, I feel like a lot of us are coming into 2021 and having to consider like the fact that we never considered we'd be coming into 2021 with the world in the way that it is. Remember, remember way back when we thought the pandemic would be done by Easter? (laughs) Yeah, that's a very, 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 very distant memory. A lot of our lives have changed in positive and negative and in, you know, in, in some ways that are not even either, they're just different. Um, and so we're having to adjust. And so the reset for me in 2021 is less about, um, just like the whole idea of like, it's a new year, new me, but more so the concept of the world is still in the shitter. How do we reset our consciousness, our perspective, and make a different path for ourselves in this time. And, um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I have a lot of thoughts about everything. (laughs) Uh, But I feel that innovation and community are the keys to us getting through this time, getting to the other side of this time, and thriving in the process, if at all possible. So in the spirit of community, our first episode of the year is going to be a complete DMT episode with you all's queries on resetting and, you know, where that works. And you're, you know, you guys always ask me like what I think about things. And it's, it's fun. I love being able to share that. And by the way, I mentioned, um, 
I mentioned that I would want to do like a TV show where I do the same thing, where I, I answer questions, not about a specific topic, but just answering questions. And, you know, someone was like, that's just very egotistical. And it's like, so was it egotistical when Dr. Drew did it? Was it egotistical when Dr. Phil did it? Was it egotistical when Dr. Ruth did it? And do you have to be a doctor? Um, because at the end of the day, I think what it really is, is that you just have to be in tune. And um, I'm not going to be answering medical questions. I'm just answering thoughts about things that I be thinking about and that y'all be thinking about. So anywho, I say all that to say that I appreciate that you guys be wanting to know what I think about stuff because I'm, I would be thinking anyway, whether you asked or not. Let me also just add why community is such a big part of my theory on how we're going to get through this. I know for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, well, yeah, because you know, we got to support each other. But it's also because in this particular situation that we're in, there's a lot of isolation. And some people have been able to find like depth and introspection in that solitude. A lot of people have been able, a lot of people have stumbled upon loneliness and um, obscurity and they feel isolated. And so what community does is it helps you to remember that you are not alone and that there are others that can at the very least are willing to listen and, and oftentimes are able to relate. And in that the human condition just feels like you are not um, the only one the universe is trying to kill. And when we feel that way, we oftentimes have very adverse effects to it. And it doesn't necessarily inspire moxie and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Often it inspires despair. And, you know, we can't have that. We gotta, we gotta fortify. And, you know, as if we are the citizens of Minnesota hiding behind the walls in preparation for the onslaught of the orcs. All of my nerds out there understand I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, but for those of you who are not nerds, I will say this. At the end of the day, if we all come together and listen to each other and give space for each other, then we create space for ourselves. And that space ends up being priceless when you need it. So let's make space for these DMTs. DMT, we're serving it. First question. How do we help keep what is in the past in the past while still learning from our mistakes? Also, how do we not dwell on others' actions towards us and not bring that baggage or relationship down the line, whether that be friendships or romantic relationships, but make sure not to fall into the same traps? So, like, you know, all these questions are related to resetting. And the original question was, how do we help keep what is in the past in the past while still learning from our mistakes? So I guess what she's saying is, how do you keep the remembrance of your mistakes clear so that you don't make them again while not harboring what took place in the past. And I think we just answered that. I mean, for what it's worth, you glean information from it and then you let it go. I think we can look at it like digesting food. You know, there's food that we take in, we digest the nutrients and we release the rest as waste. And that is what it ends up being in terms of how do we keep the past in the past while learning from our mistakes. We have to be as disciplined as we can about understanding that what happens happens and what has happened happened and understanding that you can relive it all you want, but you won't change it. So ultimately, all you can do is understand what took place in order to not 
have it happen again. And for the record, that can happen several, 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 several times. Like, I just think it's very rare that, that most of us learn a lesson the first time. <laughs> I mean, it, it often takes a, a few times because uh, uh, shit. there's a lot of times where you, you go through something and then you go through it again and you didn't even realize you were going through it again until it happens again and you get to the other side of it. And you're like, oh shit, that was the same shit as the last time. I mean, that's every whack dude I've ever dated. Like you don't realize it was the same dude until you're like, ah, oh, God damn, it was the same dude, you know? And so you have to give yourself a certain level of grace with that. But ultimately it becomes the real deal bottom line of looking at a scenario being honest with yourself about what role you played in it and what took place and moving on, looking at that as a gem, not as a piece of baggage. And that's it. It really doesn't get much deeper than that. How do we not dwell on others' actions towards us and not bring that baggage um, to a relationship down the line in the same way? And I'm saying this not as if I've been able to master it because I haven't, but I think a lot of that is ego. I think it's not even that we're upset about how someone treated us. We are upset that we let them. That's really what we're mad at. And then we get into the new relationship and we're like, I'm not going to let it happen again. But ultimately you, um, you don't prevent it from happening again by putting up higher walls per se. Your boundaries are your boundaries and they need to be respected. And it's really about you making sure that you are respecting the boundaries that you set for other people by not doing away with them. And very, very often we get into a new situation and we're either overzealous about those boundaries or we're underzealous underzealous or we're underzealous about those boundaries and so next thing you know a motherfucker is just like sliding in or they can't get in and it's like well what you want what are you actually what do you actually want and you have to think about that and figure that out before you eat that's why when people say like i'm just working on myself i assume that if you say that what actually is happening is you are getting clear with what boundaries you need before you get into a relationship with someone and have them treat you the way that you didn't want to be treated in the past and that you let happen. So how do you not dwell on others' actions? You just don't. You, you got to like breathe it out. I'm still breathing a nigga out and I got a whole good ass man here and I still got to breathe out the, the past pains of someone else because I don't want to bring that into this. And it's a process. And listen, people, what did Cheryl Cole's song say? It, it wasn't, wasn't her song. song. She was, it was a cover. But the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> I went to the beach the other day and there was like a group of bike riders that definitely listen to classic rock radio stations. And I overheard them saying like, I really like that Cheryl Crow song, The First Cut is the Deepest. And this guy was like, oh, you mean the first cut is the deepest. And I was like, yeah, that song. And they looked at me like, why are you in our conversation? And I kept it moving, but I knew what they meant. Um, yeah, like the first cut is the deepest. But shit, some motherfuckers be cut. <laughs> 
they, they, they hit you with that first cup, but then they like, slice, 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 chop, stop, chop, 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 stop, chop, stop, chop, stop. And you just have a lot more work to do to heal those internal wounds. So keep doing the work. And I think the, the hardest part is making sure that you are not tasking your counterpart with doing the work for you. Now, they may have to help you, you know, create a space, but expecting them to have to manage shit that you're not working on managing. So prime example, like, let's say, let's say you have PTSD from this last relationship and, you know, you were dealing with somebody who, um, like had set a standard for yelling. And so y'all used to yell at each other all the time in this next relationship you can't expect that other person to be okay with yelling just because that's what you have come to, to, to consider is okay. And then if they're, and then even if you feel like it's not okay, you can't um, like expect them to be the ones to manage that, but you can expect that or you can, I feel like you can ask that, like, if that's something that you have a problem with, that they, you know, let you know, like, I don't like that versus meeting you at it. That's just an example. But the reset is, and this is the theme of this whole thing, the reset is all about you. Ain't nobody else responsible for resetting but you. Next question. What is the best way to set attainable goals? Keeping it honest, keeping it real, keeping it hundred, you know the deal. Uh, yeah, keeping it a buck with yourself. People are not honest with themselves, yo. People be setting all these fucking goals. I'm like, you can't even swim. Why are you talking about you going to swim the English Channel? Uh, it's just not realistic. You got to be honest with yourself and you got to be honest with yourself about the work that you're putting in and what you're willing to put in. And people do not want to do that. So often I feel like people set goals that are unattainable because they're overshooting. And then there's the flip side of this. So often I feel like people set goals that are like too attainable. So they don't challenge, it doesn't challenge themselves because they're so afraid of failure that they set a goal that's just like real lickety split to get. And it's like, yeah, but that didn't really like push you. So in the best way to set attainable goals is to be honest with yourself about what you actually want and also not basing out what other people are doing and not what other people want from you. You know, because for what it's worth, you're going to need to have the inspiration within you. So if you set a goal based on somebody else's, the fuck, how's that going to help you on the days where you don't want to do that shit? How is that? Like, how does that now? I'm not saying you don't have people supporting you or people believing in you or people giving you, you know, validation for what you're doing. But I definitely know people who go to college and it's like, I'm here for my mom. It's like, I'm not saying that you can't be there, you know, inspired by your mom and wanting to make your mom proud, but But you you better better find a way to be there for you too. Or else I'm telling you that that shit ain't going to happen. You're going to end up pregnant and dropped out or you're going to find some way out of it whether it's conscious or subconscious. So another way of setting attainable goals is making sure that your goal is rooted in something that you specifically want for you. 
It's not to say that other people cannot be a bolster, but the core and the root has to be your root cause. And then I would say, lastly, set goals that are in a range. Like I know I just mentioned, like some people set goals that are just like way too easy. And some people set goals that are way too hard. Like set yourself a range because you also do want to have that feeling of triumph. And sometimes when we set things that are way too hard, we always feel like we're struggling and failing. Or when we set goals that are way too easy, we lie to ourselves like we're the bomb and we really haven't even pushed ourselves. And so we really don't know how bomb we are. So you need to have a, a range of goals in there that lets you know, okay, I did this um, and that makes me feel good and I feel like I can get to the next one. You know, it's like when people run, when people are doing running goals, like, you know, you'll have a goal for like the quickness in which you run a path, but then also there's a goal for like how far you ran, you know? So you're, you're setting different measures. And that is good for the mind. Everything is really, you know, the mind. Us playing with this fucking neural net that we don't even understand and how we can trick it and and inspire it and empower it and all of that. That's what all of this is. All that we talk about, all that we're doing, all that we're trying to figure out, it ends up coming down to just like, how do we make this motherboard birth what we desire in our hearts? And so setting goals that have a measure of difficulty that you can um, achieve and aspire to helps to, you know, play with this shit up here in the right way. All right, y'all, I have a New Year's resolution for you that is very easy to keep, and it's the year to finally stop wearing uncomfortable bras. Now, yeah, I've been stopped that, okay? I've been cut that out, but... I understand that it can be very difficult for some of y'all to commit to this. And you know what? Honey Love wants to make that even easier for you. That's right. Because when you try their bras, you will immediately feel the difference. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with the code DOSES. Honeylove.com. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com and use the code DOSES. Now see... Back in the day, everybody was all about the push-up bra, remember? And it was all about the underwire bra. And that was like, that that's the bra that made you feel like, ooh, I really got boobs now. Like, I really got tits now. I got the underwire going on. But then you get older and you're like, I want to be freed and emancipated from this underwire. Why do I have a wire pressed against my chest all day just to sit these puppies up? And then you can't, you, you, you feel like you're not supported. So you got to stick with it. Well, Honey Love is not here for that, okay? They're not going down for that. And they are also designed with a back smoothing fabric to prevent the bra bulge that comes down in the back. Yes, you know that feeling. And I've talked about it in my special, how when you get home at the end of a long day and you take your bra off, it's like your boobs go, well, with Honey Love, you'll never experience that again. Their bras are so comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing them. You might even sleep with them. Let's not get out of hand. Speaking of bras that are comfortable, they also have leggings that are comfortable. Their Leggings 2.0 is another product that's making headwaves. They hold you in without the too tight feeling and are compressive, cooling, and comfortable. So there you go. You got your bra, you got your leggings, and most of all, you've got comfort. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with code DOSES. Use code DOSES at honeylove.com. Cinched, snatched, and lifted. It's hot girl season thanks to Honey Love. Next question. I've come to the realization that my boyfriend doesn't like me. Damn! Shit. He doesn't talk. 
converse, show affection, barely looks at me. He is a cancer. Oh, baby, he may not even like himself. Male cancers have a tough time. He has completely shut down on me. We live together. I've noticed that I have been more depressed on a regular basis. I'm in the process of saving to buy my own house. Hopefully moving in a few months. I'm almost 33 and I know I never want to be in another relationship. How can I reset my mind to being by myself? I don't know you, but I know what it is to be 33. And I know that that's a strong... That's a strong decision to make. I mean, I feel like my mom made that decision when she had me. She was just like, and I'm done. I just fear that you're making that decision based on this one person, you know? And I think the reset, I know that you asked, how can I reset my mind to being by myself? But I think it's more so like just resetting your mind to loving yourself differently. And to understanding what your needs are. You know, like this person clearly isn't meeting like your needs in the way that you want. And they're not meeting their needs in the way that they want. You all aren't communicating. Um, Cancer men are just notorious for having all of the feelings and not really having any of the tools to express them. Um, And also cancers for what it's worth. We go in our shells when we feel like we um, just are overwhelmed or can't figure it out. So he might very well be in his shell for a number of reasons. And one of them might be him feeling like he cannot help you with your depression. And then he shuts down, which is, you know, selfish in its own way, but I'm just giving the dude the benefit of the doubt. I think when it, when it comes to like resetting your mind to being by yourself, I think it's more so about resetting your mind to just, I don't know in this text, like what you depend on this person for. But understanding that, you know, you have all the answers within you to, to, to figure out what works for you. And if being in a relationship um, doesn't interest you, then what does? And putting your efforts and energies towards that. I will tell you this, everybody needs love. So where are you going to get it from? Are you going to get pet? Like, are you going to get animals, multiple or not? Are you going to, are you a part of like community groups, you know, that you can have exchanges with, you know, like, are you a member of SFB Society? I was, I was amazed the other day on SFB Society. um, Somebody was saying that they had lost several, several uh, family members during the pandemic and that SFB society, the, the app, the social networking app I created that SFB society got them through. And I was like, how? Um, and they said, because it created a safe space for them to connect with people and interact. And I was like, so honored to be able to do that. But I just said, you know, but there's, there's other places like that too. But I just, I just want you to, to understand that like, in you saying you don't ever want to be in a relationship, the question becomes why? And in you determining why you don't want to be in a relationship will determine for you what you need to reset in being by yourself and in moving forward. And, and I will tell you, it may, it may end up showing you that it's not that you don't want to ever be in a relationship, it's just you don't ever want to be in a relationship like the one you're in. 
<laughs> you know? And that could be on a wide spectrum. It could be that you may not want to be in a monogamous relationship, or it might be that you just don't um, want to be in a relationship with somebody who operates in this particular behavioral pas- uh, fashion with their emotions. Sky is the limit. But I'll tell you this, a lot of times when we make those decisions, it's out of fear. And I would say probably the only time I've heard someone make that decision and not being out of fear is when women decide, I don't want to have a child. And even then, a lot of times it's out of fear. And it might be a very valid fear, but it's still out of fear. And I'm not saying every time, I'm just saying sometimes I've heard women make that decision and sometimes it is out of fear. Um, But ultimately, you know, things that are good for you show up in a number of different ways. And you're right. You don't have to be with somebody to get um, to, I don't know why I said you're right. Cause we're not talking, but <laughs> you don't have to be with somebody to get things that are good for you. I just don't want you to be shutting off something that you actually do desire because somebody wasn't handling it right. So in terms of, to answer your question, how can I reset my mind to being by myself? I'll reiterate. You got to look at what you were and what you weren't getting from a relationship. But most of all, you got to look at what you were getting from that relationship and then figure out how you're going to get it in other ways. Because it was serving you in some shape, way, or fashion. That's why you stayed in it. And he probably sitting there right now next to you while you listen to this on your ear pods. Next question. How do you begin to set emotional boundaries with those close to you in order to allow yourself to mentally reset? This is a tough one because my first instinct is to say that you got to let people know, but then people are funny style. So it's like, you don't know if you want to let people know what's going on in your brain. Um, But I guess, you know, when it comes to emotional boundaries, like those don't have to be expressed verbally to somebody for them to be honored by you. So I'll give you an example. Like, My mom is like quick to argue. Like she's like somebody who just like, she has like a very little boiling point. It's just like a very low boiling point. It's just like zero to a hundred real quick. And I just reached a place in my life where I just didn't want to have those types of exchanges. And and before I verbalized that, because eventually I did, it just became me having to just like, not engage. Like when she would get to that energy space, I would just be like, bloop. And it was more of a protection for me. It eventually ended up working in another way because people want to be recognized. So if you're, if you're not giving them the energy back, like they're like, what is this? Um, but I think, you know, for me, it was first just mentally and emotionally deciding this isn't what I want to partake in. And so making myself become a lot more disciplined about not allowing it to pull me in. Um, You know, again, we talked about this earlier in the episode. Boundaries are all about you. They're not about nobody else. You set your boundaries and you keep your boundaries. Everybody else is doing what the fuck they doing. So you set emotional boundaries by, you know, determining what, is not what you don't want to let in because you don't want it to affect you in negative and adverse ways. And once you decide on what those things are, then you, then you emotionally create the boundaries of what you're willing to engage in and how. 
you know? And um, you set those, you shit, you can write them down. You know, they, they can be affirmations that you continuously remind yourself. I will not allow anyone to degrade me. I will not talk about, you know, um, some traumatic experience, like whatever. But it's a discipline, it's a practice, it's emotional Kung Fu. So the setting of them and how do you begin to set them, you begin by being able to identify this does this to me and I don't want this to happen anymore. So, and then you go from there in determining how you're going to prevent that. But it first becomes with, you know, it's funny. We always talk about like, first you have to identify the, the, the issue and, you know, we'll, we'll give people a lot of leeway. I know I do this. I give people a lot of leeway when they um, can tell you what their problem is. I'm like, oh, they know what it is. So this is good. And it's like, yeah, but what are they doing about it? So that's what setting boundaries is. Knowing what the problem is and then making an action about it. And that's where the real change happens. Next question. How do you reset your personal brand if your values and opinions have changed? Ooh, that 2020 changed a lot of how I thought and interacted, and I realize I'm seen differently. And I want to make sure that the new perception of me reflects the new elements of me. Bless you, Amanda. Oh my God, thank you. Bless you too. Well, you know, this, I can, I can talk about this personally because I used to be called Amanda Diva. And then in 2011, I changed my name back to my regular name, Amanda Seals. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, you can't do that. It's your brand. It's your brand. And it was like, no, my brand is my work. That's how I'm going to do that. Nicole Bitchy. I don't know if you remember Nicole of XO Nicole. She used to be called Nicole Bitchy and she had like a gossip blog. And then she, you know, evolved and she was like, I just don't want to go over that. I don't want to be on that no more. How? And she had hit me up and asked me like how I changed my name. And I was like, I just did. Because people that fuck with you will fuck with you regardless. And, and authenticity goes the longest way. So I think a lot of us put weight, like a whole bunch of weight in how people perceive us and not enough weight in what we know of ourselves. See, because perception and knowing of yourself are two different things. Now, don't get me wrong. They say per- perception is reality. So how people perceive you is their reality, but you can't control their perception. All you can control is, you know, what you are giving off. Like I, I am myself all the time. Some people are like, I love Amanda. God bless you, Amanda. Other people are like that fucking bitch. And it's not, and it's, they're watching the same thing. So all I can do is be authentic to myself. And know that in that authenticity, there may be a hiccup in that change because you're leaving behind some people, you're, you're, you're moving into new spaces and you got to get new people. So I'm not saying that it's seamless, but I am saying that it's possible because, and it's necessary because, you know, people, culture and, and every, people die if they stay in, in one place. You know, that's how people, that's why people get bed sores because they're just in one place and it's the stasis that just eats away. So I think it's, first of all, I just want to commend you. I think it's beautiful that you've evolved into this new space and your values and opinions have, have evolved and you feel like you have shifted. Um, cause I think shifting particularly in, in that type of direction is so difficult for so many people, but for this, what's going on in our universe right now, it is 
absolutely integral to not only our survival, but our thriving. Um, but I think how do you reset your personal brand if your values and opinions have changed? You demonstrate. And you filter it throughout all of you. It doesn't just become something that you're only just talking about. It's, it's presented in all the facets of what you do. And it's, you know, some people would just like be able to just throw it in and make, and it's a shock to the system. Um, other people may like lily pad, you know, from one to the other, but you really just decide like, I want people to know this about me. And you use the same skill set that you used with the other way that they knew about you to introduce them to this new way about you. And you do so ardently with commitment and like you really, you know, like, what do they say? Like Like you mean it, it. you know, you can't, you can't soft. It's not a soft pitch. You can't pussyfoot it. You got to really get in there, get in there. Let me tell you something. I slept with someone once who entered me like a hot dog in a hallway. It was so uncomfortable. And I was like, are you sure you want to, like, are you even, and he was like, yeah. And I was just like, you're, the timidity is, not, is uninspiring. That is what I'm saying for you. You cannot go into this new shift with your brand like a hot dog in a hallway because the timidity is uninspiring. <laughs> no, really, y'all, it was ridiculous. I literally turned around like, what are we doing? Next question. How do you stay motivated to keep going, to keep the new you, you, in the long run? I mean, what the fuck else are we going to do? I'm not saying I've always been motivated. I mean, I've had like eight months of just frustration and, and uncertainty and back and forth, like, like so many of us. But um, if I'm still here, I got to like kind of do the best of my time here. And then you start thinking about things like your ancestors and the folks that came before you and your guides. And you're just like, I'm not completely alone. There's energy that's still moving around about me. That's lifting me up. That's moving me. That's taking me there. And I think once we start to really understand that, like we don't feel as unfettered to fortuitousness. Woo! That was a bar. Because that's something that I think a lot of, we just feel like we don't have any like tether pulling us towards that which we desire. And when you start really looking at the energy and considering it a tangible force, not just this woo-woo thing, like Like Rebecca always tells me I'm kind of woo-woo, but I am because I feel like I've always like understood like there's energy out here and we need to like honor it. But I never really was really honoring it in the way that I feel like I do now. And understanding that it has a tangible force with it that I can garner and that I can manifest. And when you hear people talking about manifestation and, you know, uh, the, the attraction and, and all that, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about like considering energy as like an actual thing, not just something in your brain, but an actual thing that you can take from the space in which we inhabit and put, you know, 
into you and and drive you. You know, it's like a pro, it's like a proto molecule for those of you who have watched The Expanse, which is bananas. bananas. Season five of The Expanse is bananas. Let me just have a side, side note with y'all. Listen, if you're a sci fi person and you haven't watched The Expanse, you are bugging. Watch The Expanse. It is amazing for several reasons. Among them, it's incredibly diverse. The writing is awesome. If for sci fi, it is, it's like really dope because it's very real, but also very like, oh my God. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Oh my God. So yeah, that's how you stay motivated to keep going. You understand that you're writing. It's like in, in Finding Nemo. Remember when he was just like forlorn? Nemo's dad, he was forlorn. And then he came upon the sea turtles and they were just chilling, man. They were just like riding the jet stream, man. They were just like, just relax, just, just ride the jet stream. And it's like, there is a jet stream energy force. And you got to find it and ride it. But if you ain't looking for it and you're not being receptive to it, you will always feel like you're slugging through mud to just be yourself. Not knowing that there's like a whole space out here that needs you. That's why you're here. There's space for everybody to be themselves. (laughs) Literally. That's, we're here. Like we're literally physically here. We are living matter. And matter is anything that, takes up space and has mass. You taking up space, baby. You are matter and you matter. Next question. How do you know when you should do nothing to reset? Just rest or you should actively find ways to help yourself reset? Well, I think um, I, I, I can use... Perhaps like the metric that I use often, which is like, is something a challenge or a stress? If you feel like stressed out, that's a good indicator that you need to chill out. If you feel uninspired or bored, that's a good indicator that you need to get a new challenge. You need, that there needs to be something new that you can find passion in. And when you can delineate between the two, it really helps you uh, because, again, again, no one is coming to save you. Nobody. Nobody's coming to save you. They may come and show you how to save yourself, but nobody's coming to, like, you know, fix you. You're going to have to fix yourself, even if they are willing to assist you and guide you and walk you through it. Like, you know, like you're performing surgery on yourself, like Matt Damon in The Martian. Regardless, you're going to have to do it yourself. So being able to determine, like, am I stressed or is this a challenge is important because when you're stressed, you're, you're drained. And when you're lacking a challenge or what, I guess I fucked up because normally I look at that, like when people determine whether they need to give up or try harder, like, I'm like, listen, if something is a stress, give it up. If something is like, you know, just difficult, but it feels like it's working you then try harder. In this situation, you're trying to ask like, (laughs) when should you reset? And, but I still feel it's the same thing. Ultimately, it's like, it's just the, it's just the question of, are you, are you in need of a challenge? You know, but it always stress, it always comes down to stress though. I think that's the common denominator. It always comes down to stress. And how do you determine if you're stressed? Are you exhausted? Are you drained? Are you, um, are you, are you acting out of character? 
So like for me, I realized that it wasn't that I needed a challenge. I needed a rest because it had become very, I was acting very out of character. When I, when I started talking about, I don't want to work anymore. You know, I started talking about like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want I don't have any, I'm not inspired. That's just not Amanda. And that's when I realized like, oh, like you need to just shut, shut down. And I did. And I came back and I'm better than ever. And I'm about to come for these motherfuckers. Ha! Y'all ain't ready. I don't even know if I'm ready. I'm ready. I swear. I am ready. And so are you to decide on whether or not you're stressed or are you just bored? Last question. I've recently switched to a plant-based lifestyle. Oof. I feel you. And I did it to reset mind and body. It's been great for me on so many levels. My family, however, are convinced that I'm starving and on an extreme diet and doing this as an attempt to be thin. How do I help them understand that this is a reset that is benefiting me on a molecular level and that the weight loss is not the focus? Note, they keep calling me skinny and it's driving me mad. Well, I can tell by the flags in your picture that you are Filipino and Mexican. So those are two cultures that are about eating. <laughs> like they're not playing games. Um, I think one of the key things is finding out like, I mean, cause again, like there's, there's, there's the thought process that says, fuck them, you can do what you want. But you know, what I see from also these two flags is that, you know, those are both cultures that are very, very family oriented. So your family matters to you a lot and like how they perceive you and they're probably very involved. And so for that sake, I'll tell you this, you got to understand what matters to them. You know, are they religious? Um, are they very family oriented? Uh, you know, are there things in their past that they've talked about that they wish they could have done different? And you got to connect to those things for them because a lot of people are just unable to see past their nose. You know, they just look at you and they don't, and, and then there's people who project and, you know, they're just looking at you and seeing you do something that they just can't imagine doing. So there's also the, the, the way of being inspiring to them and saying like, you know, this is about something that I think would benefit all of us. And, um, and I'm trying it out to see if it really does. (laughs) I know that what you're saying does help. And yes, you do get skinny at, at least at first while you're trying to figure it out. And so the conversation can also be with them in terms of how they can be included. Like, okay, I need to have more protein, but in these ways. And like, can you help me like Fill that, fill that. Because I understand the whole thing about feeling like they're making fun of you and telling you you're skinny and you're thin. And, you know, it's like no one wants their body type ridiculed. And those people are all saying that to you nine times out of 10 because you're doing something that they do not have the willpower to do. And so they're just projecting their own self-doubt onto you. That's nine times out of 10 what's happening. Nonetheless, I do feel like your best course of action is identifying the things that matter to them and seeing how you can relate what you're doing to that. Because relatability ends up being the biggest way that we get understanding and build bridges. And so far, so often we just feel like we um, shouldn't relate or can't relate. 
And I'll tell you what, there's sometimes in situations where I'm like, I don't even want to relate to you because I don't want to build a bridge because I don't want you over here. You do want them over there. And so it's different. And so that bridge is, that's what it is. And then there's also just also telling them like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> it's not about losing weight. It, this is what it's about. Take it or leave it. But this is what it's about. And I want you to love me and trust me and support me in that because this is what it's about. And sometimes people will meet you there. And sometimes people will still be like, ah! and then you got to know that you got to create an emotional boundary, which we talked about earlier in the show. You got to create an emotional boundary around that person that says like, oh, that's their shit. I'm not making space for that. I got to make space for these lentils or else I'll never reach my protein goal. (laughs) The last dose. Oh man, these were really introspective and deep questions. And, you know, resetting is an introspective and deep process. And... I've gone through a lot in 2020 that allowed me, and I say allowed me because I've been looking at them as blessings. I've been looking at the traumas that I went through in 2020 and the difficult experiences I went through in 2020 as, as blessings. I don't know if I would have been able to do that in the past, but for some reason, um, maybe it's maturity, maybe it's more of a spiritual grounding, maybe it's just the, the sign of the times. For some reason, I have been able to accept these things as fortunes. Um, and I feel fortunate that I've gone through them because they woke me up. They, they tapped into something I felt like I had lost touch with. And that's something in, in terms of just myself, like my inner identity. And it was like, somehow I needed to go through all those things and all of last year to jumpstart, start me up. Um, my, to, to, to control, alt, delete, hard reset, my inspiration, my intuition, my ambition, my creativity. I mean, this is the first time and I can't even remember how long where I have more ideas than I have time to execute. And I know that that's because I went through things that forced me to have to shut down and start back up. And I don't just mean like, you know, how with your, I don't just mean restarting the computer. I mean a full shutdown. I'm not saying I scrubbed, you know, I didn't scrub the drive. I didn't do a, uh, I didn't do a whole, what do they call it? Not a reset, but a restore. I didn't wipe the data. We had people asking questions about that. Like, you know, how do you acknowledge your past while still moving forward? How do you let go of your past while still moving forward with the lessons of it? And I think the biggest thing I'm taking into 2021 is understanding that the hard reset that we have to go into this year with is knowing that this year isn't going to be much different than last year. It's not going to be much better. We, it's, it doesn't even matter. We really learned last year, we got reminded that we have no fucking control over the way this fucking global shit goes. In a lot of cases, we don't. But in the ways that we do, we need to be ardent about that. 
whether it's in the political space or in the community space or in the personal space. And for me, the reset is in remembering that it's going to be about how I relate to all of this, not how I let it relate to me. And that's what's going to be, that's what's going to determine how I manage it. Is that new news? No, it's always been that way. But again, we end up having to revisit lessons over and over and over again until we learn them. So as we step off into this new year, I am so excited to still be doing this show. Please continue to spread the word and tell folks about it. We are also bringing in new episodes uh, that talk about music. We are letting go of uh, the People I Like segment and bringing in a new segment called The Script which is going to give you all like supplementary materials that go along with the themes in the episodes, whether it be movies or film or books or interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But ultimately we still are grounded and rooted in utilizing these different creative spaces um, for the purpose of imbuing and empowering and enriching community um, with the tools to be effective. So thank you all for providing community with all your questions today. And we are onward and we are upward. And by the time we air this next episode, we hopefully will not have started a civil war because these white people are definitely supposed to be meeting in Washington as this episode posts. And mm-mm-mm. do not go out there and even try and fuck with them because they asking, they looking for a problem and they can be out there doing the achy breaky heart by themselves. Peace. Stop it. Stop it. A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.